are now listening to. You know, this is the off season, so it's that season for lists. And Athlon actually mentioned uh, the top 25 teams for for 2022, and now they're releasing what they feel are the best of the best in the SEC. Uh, they listed their all SEC uh, SEC all conference team, and nine players from Auburn was selected. Guys, so just to give you an idea of who those players are, they are as follows: first team, you have running back Tank Bigsby as well as uh, defensive line or edge player Derek Hall. On the second team, you have Colby Wooden and Oscar Chapman. For the third team, you have Keandre Jones, Owen Papo, and Anders Carlson. Fourth team, you have John Samuel Schenker and Zion Puckett. These are the, the representation for Auburn on Athlon Sports All-SEC Conference Team. So just to talk to a little bit, let's we haven't talked about this guy much. Uh, I, I know I know we have our thoughts on on how we feel about our team as opposed to how people feel. But let's let's kind of go down and, and talk real quickly about who made the first team. Tank Bigsby and Derek Hall. I don't think we've talked a lot about Tank. Uh, but just to give off some stats real quick, last year Tank rushed for almost 1,100 yards. He was a yard shy uh, of 1,100 yards for the season on 223 carries. He had 10 touchdowns last season. He also uh, chipped in 184 yards on 21 catches. He's uh, almost a little shy of 2,000 yards in his career. He's rushed for 1,933 yards in two seasons at Auburn. Now, we know how we feel about Tank, but did they get it right with Tank? Do we feel that he is indeed the best running back, returning running back in the SEC? I don't believe he's been able to showcase what he can do. This guy has dealt with injuries since he's been in Auburn, a lot of transition with the offense, its limitations with O-line, play calling at times last year. Do we feel this is the best back in the SEC returning? Start with you, Mike. How you feel about Tank? Treat your boys. Chill Boys underwear is designed for maximum comfort with enough space to keep you cool, calm, and comfortable. Chill Boys underwear will help you keep the boys close. Uh, not too close. When the game is on the line, you won't break a sweat with Chill Boys underwear. Whether it's left boy, right boy, or both boys. Chill Boys provides your boys comfort like you've never felt. Visit chillboys.com and use code RAPPORT, that's R-A-P-P-O-R-T, and get 15% off of your order. Maximize your chill with Chill Boys. Well, we know he's got skill. I've been watching a lot of the videos of Tank training this offseason. Um, he's working with somebody called the Speed Genius, and he's doing a lot of crazy stuff. It's good to see him taking care of his body and getting ready um, I feel like he's going to have a load on his shoulders this fall. Uh, so in terms of Tank's upside, I think it's been well-documented for years. Uh, we just have to get him some help. Uh, players like Tank benefit from a balanced offense. And everybody's game plan for the first five games is going to be stop Tank Bigsby. I promise. 
That's all he's going to see. Uh, so we've got to get him some help. I think he belongs on this list. I think he's an obvious choice on this list. No matter how bad our offense have done, has done, he's regularly in the conversation for best running backs in the country. Now, I wasn't Athlon, but I think maybe it was PFF or somebody put out like best return, top 10 returning backs in the country. He made that list too. He's almost universally recognized as a guy who is going to play at the next level regardless of what success Auburn does or doesn't have. So uh, I, I like Tank. I think I think he belongs on this list. Uh, based on what he's had to endure, I think he's earned it. And, and then Derek Hall was another obvious choice on this list, too. This is a guy who has a chance to go out there and possibly lead the SEC in sacks uh, in 2022. So first list looks good to me. Now, as we all know, these are just lists. And they usually look wildly different at the end of the year than they do at the beginning of the year. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Auburn have more names on that list at the end of the year. And, I mean, who gives a damn about how you start, man? I care that he finishes this list, all-team Athlon, ESPN, Rivals, whoever ranks stuff. (laughs) At the end of the year, I care more that he's on that list than I do at the beginning of the year. But I think this is just a recognition of his potential and talent. What do you think will happen this year with Tank? And and this is just just you, but guys, you can chime you can chime in as well. Given what we hope to happen with the O line, of course, we have a new play caller on offense. Um, hopefully, the offense is gelling. It looks more cohesive. Our downfield attack is improved. What what reason what is a reasonable expectation to have for Tank in year three? Because obviously this is we expect this to be his last year at Auburn. So mm-hmm, right. does he go out with a bang? Does he stay healthy? What what are some of the things that you expect to see this year with Tank? If I knew that, I'd be on FanDuel right now dropping a bag <laughs> on something. Uh so nothing I mean, I don't I don't know. It's such a hard question. Like what do we expect from him? Because so much depends on what is going on around him. Yeah, I think that he's proven, again, he's going to have a tough time, man, if other parts of the offense aren't working and we're not balanced. So I expect if I had a, a minimum expectation, it would be about last year's output because it'd be hard to see us getting worse than that. Do, do you do you expect be be to to Mike's point about him doing about the same? Do you expect to see other guys actually get their production up this season? Do we see more of a running back by committee, putting getting guys in different positions for different scenarios? Do we see more of a Damari Austin, depending on how he matures? Uh, what what does what does the number two running back look like coming off an injury? What what do you expect Auburn's running back room to look like in terms of production? Well, I definitely expect Tank to hit a thousand yards on the ground. I, I think that's a milestone that he will hit this season. I expect him to hit that because I expect him to be more productive on the ground because I expect our play calling to make a little more sense than it did last year. Um, We heard coming in when we heard that Mike Bobo was going to be the coordinator last year, that we're like, oh, okay, yeah, no, maybe, I don't know. And then every other fan base was like, uh, this guy. And by midseason, we kind of had the same, uh, this guy feeling when we should be running it, we're not running it. Um, a couple of trick plays where we maybe shouldn't have been trying trick plays. So I, I keep thinking about South Carolina and even Penn State where I get it. You want to be balanced. 
and we had Bo throwing it all over the yard, but we were killing them on the ground. So let's just kill them on the ground. Let's just go ahead and put them out of their misery. Now, we didn't have the offensive line to just mush people like that. I expect that to be better. And I that in combination with the play calling, I don't think it's going to be line up in, in, you know, 40 rushes a game um, for Tank or even 50 rushes a game combined as an, as an offense because I do expect them to be passing the ball because Harson does want to be balanced. He wants to be able to do that. So I expect us to still have some modicum of balance. But I think ball control has to be the name of the game for us until we get the quarterback. I don't think we have the quarterback. I would love to be wrong. Would love to be wrong. Would love to come out here and see Zach Calzada's um, short to to mid-distance throw accuracy be a lot more consistent. I'm only going to assume that they are going to be what they have been because I, I, I don't know if it will improve or not. So based on what I've seen, we have an okay quarterback. We have two okay quarterbacks and an unknown in Robbie Ashford. I expect the run game. I know we've got a great back in Tang. I know we've got at least a very good back in Jarquez. And that's what gives me confidence that, okay, they know what they've got back there. They're not guessing. They don't have to figure it out. They've got two guys that are a known commodity. So I expect them to lean on those two guys as a strength. Now, maybe mid to late season, something changes. Some some passing game uh, chemistry develops. And and we've had the same quarterback. We would have settled on a guy. And he's been in there long enough to make the, the offense pop. Our wide receivers get their legs up underneath them. Shedrick is consistent, but he's going to have to work with a new uh, quarterback, assumingly. With uh, we're, we're all kind of projecting Calzada, but I think Tank can get to his 1,000 and also a nice, like, 300 receiving yards is what I expect. I want to say I want to say 1,400 yards from scrimmage for Tank, at least 1,000 rushing. That's what I'm expecting from him um, because things will be just different enough, just a little bit better on the offensive line as far as how well they, they run block and a little more common sense in the play calling, I think, gets that production for Tank. I'm seeing I'm seeing 12, some people with 1,000, some people saying 1,200 for Tank, some people being real optimistic saying 1,500. Yeah. I, where, where does Tank fall uh, in, in terms of what do you think that he can do? He, he got almost 1,100 behind a struggling O-line and run blocking last year. The hope is that the run blocking improves a little bit. What does that do considering Tank stays healthy? What do you see him potentially doing next year? Uh, 1,500 all-purpose yards is what I'm looking at for Tank. Um, I don't know if he breaks 1,000 rushing yards, but I think that he gets to 1,500 all-purpose. So whether that's 1,000 and 500, some some combination of rushing and, and receiving yards, I think he gets to about 1,500 this year. Like you said, if he remains healthy. Um but I just expect our screen game to look a little different this year. And mm-hmm. I think that they're going to want to get Tank involved in that because they want to showcase a back. So one of the things that you have to think about when you're thinking about play calling and the shape of how things are going to go in the game is um, recruiting. You want premier backs to see Auburn as a destination yeah. where I can come and I can showcase my skills, Mm -hmm. right? They're going to want to put Tank in position where he looks like an NFL back. And the NFL now is not just tote the rock 30 times. Like, there are very few Derrick Henrys in the NFL. And Derrick Henry's built like a dang on refrigerator, right? Right. Like, it's just, there's just so few of those type of backs. You have to be multiple. There's more people built in the mold of Alvin Kamara than there are Derrick Henry. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. So he needs to be able to show his ability. And even Derrick Henry catches screens, right? Like he can catch a screen out of the backfield and turn that into a big play. Mm. He needs to be able to show that in his final year here at Auburn, um, which everyone assumes is his final year, his junior season, but his final year likely at Auburn, that he can be in every down back from the standpoint of being able to run the ball, being able to catch the ball, and being able to pass protect. He needs to show that. He needs to put it on film. And I think that they're going to try to highlight those things for Tank Bixby this year. 1,500 all-purpose is what I'm looking at. So you, you basically took my, my next question because I was about to say, in, in order to, to be that guy uh, catching screens, uh, getting involved in the passing game, that means he has to be featured as the running back in pass protection, basically taking over the Sean Shivers role from last year. Yeah, he needs to do that. He needs to be a three-down back because that's where he's going to be able to make his money. Because here's the thing. If he comes in as a rookie, um, depending upon where he gets drafted and where he goes, um, there may be someone who's already fitting one of those two roles. So he needs to be able to easily slot for that team to be, okay, well, you don't have an in-between-the-tackles runner. I can be that guy. You don't have a guy who can get speed around the edge. I can be that guy. You don't have a guy who can be a third down back pass protection and pass catching. I can be that guy. If you need a feature back that can do all of those things, I can be that guy as well. He needs to show that he can do those things because what's going to happen is how the NFL is morphing with rookie contracts specifically for running backs. They're not picking up fifth year. Brandon, I mean, not Brandon Jacobs, Josh Jacobs, the uh, the Raiders just balked on giving him his fifth year option. Right. He did well his first four years in the league. Right. It's yeah. not productivity. They're trying to pay as little as they can for running backs. And so if you want to get your money, you need to show that you can do all the things they need from a running back position early in your career. Right. So that they, by the time they get to that fifth year option, whether that team picks you up or not, you can go get your money in free agency. So he right. needs to sharpen those skills and be able to do all of those things early so he can get into the right situation early. And to bolster his point, looking at this year's draft, not a single running back taken in the first round of the draft. No. Yeah. It's, it's happening less and less. <laughs> yeah, we've seen this trend at the next mm-hmm. level where people have figured out that no, like, there's no such thing as a bell cow back in the NFL anymore. Right, right. Like, uh, injuries are run rampant. Like, guys who tote the rock 80% of the carries, like, nobody's doing that anymore. It's a multi-back system. Yeah. They want multiple guys who can run the rock. How many stars have we seen in the NFL emerge uh, because Le'Veon got, Bell got hurt, and then who was the kid that came behind him, Connor or somebody? Yeah. I remember I had him on fantasy teams. Yeah. 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 And, uh, Michigan State kid. Yeah, he was a pretty good oh, pass Connor catching back. Pitt. Pitt, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, uh, Bell was Michigan State. Yeah. Mm. Right. But uh, you're looking at that and you're just thinking all of a sudden this dude's like a fantasy star. He's catching it. He's running it, man. He's good for like 25, 30 fantasy points a week. Uh, And then he fizzles out and the next back comes in. And these teams have figured out that we don't have to invest in a running back because we can get a pretty good running back third round or lower. Yeah. You can get value later just because the athletics like. It's it's really systems now, right? Like if you got the right system, of course you guys know I'm a big 49ers fan. They can pretty much plug in if the guy fits the mold for the 49ers and he understands kind of where he's supposed to be off the tackle with his steps on this play right here so that he has to cut play. Freaking, they had, now Debo Samuel is an amazing athlete, but right. they were lining Debo Samuel up as a running back last year. That just shows you what the running back position has become in the NFL. It's really more about a mold of an athlete than it is skill. 
like some of the most skilled running backs we've seen in the last 15 years have not done anything to help teams win, which is why they're investing less and less in running backs. Yeah. Saquon What's Barkley. the kid's name? Uh, Saquon Barkley is one of them. And then the kid for um, Dallas. Um, Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott. Mm-hmm. What have those teams won? And he held out for that contract, too. To say, yeah, hey, y'all, now listen, y'all need the Giants he, he was great and the freaking— the, um, They're putting up yards. But mm-hmm. my point is that can they get—they're they're, not—it's they're, not— Again, the Derrick Henrys of the world are few and far between. Yeah. Where the offense revolves around this yeah. back who can just do things that other people can't do. Saquon Barkley is a freak athlete. The and New York Giants healthy. and stay healthy. You're right, yeah, because Saquon Barkley has also been riddled with injuries, right. which is right. why, which is which, why they're not taking running backs very right. high. That yeah. Because they don't want somebody who's going to have to to carry the ball 30 times a game and get hit consistently over and over. And I'm paying that guy top dollar. No, I'm not doing it. And, and so Tank doesn't have the best history with injuries. Let's just go ahead and put that out there. Like he's had some nagging kind of things that have happened that have kept him off the field over the last three years. He and, well, he played through. Last year, right? He never missed a game. Now he didn't look great for like two or three games, and we were asking. Yeah, there was some we were asking we, if, we, we, if we he were was right. Yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, but he didn't miss any time. But he didn't look. He just didn't look the same. But about maybe mid season, it looked like he had played through it, and then he started to look like himself again. Young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court, and now more than ever, in the arena of business, in the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together. Uh, I asked Harson in a couple of those post-game presses, yo, is is Tank okay? Um, He was defiant in his answer. Um, oh, he was he was dismissive. He never really answered yeah, that question. Yeah, um, for sure. Concretely, yeah. Um, now, because we're drinking buddies, I'm going to ask him again. I'll be like, hey, <laughs> now, now that you've been on the show, level with me. How was Tank last year, really? Uh, so, I listen, man, Tank belongs on this list. He is a yeah. physical talent. Of I think he's got all the tools. I think he's got all the potential. He belongs on the first team of every list. And it's hard because his stock is watered down by what we didn't accomplish on offense last year. Right. right. And so as will his production be this year, because teams have shown us they're not willing to just sit back and respect aspects of your game that you haven't shown to be effective at. Right. Until we prove that we can pass the ball downfield with some consistency, they're going to load up the box to stop tank. Now, a lot of folks accuse Isaac and I of, I called you Isaac, Ike and I, of exaggerating when we said, hey, man, these are like eight to nine boxes this dude is running against. Mm -hmm. So our O-line is just getting blasted in run protection because we can't pass down the field. Nobody respects it. Now, there were times last year where the the, um, game plan did abandon the run, I thought, too early. Penn State was one of them. Penn State, Arkansas, two off the top of my head. They weren't stopping Tank. Yeah, and we right. just we just didn't stick with the run enough in that game. I, I think we finished. I think he finished. We finished like a hundred and almost two hundred yards of uh, on the ground. But I thought we abandoned the run a little bit too early in that game because uh, Tank was effective. At no point did I feel like they were slowing him down or stopping him. Mm-hmm. And this year, 
you know, man, let, let the big dogs eat. Give them the ball. And then hopefully Calzada or Robbie or TJ or whoever's playing quarterback can help keep the, the defense off balance enough that Tank can continue to thrive. It's just really hard at this level, man. You got you put five linemen on the field. You maybe keep your running back in for oh, and you put some tight ends, maybe, if you're going power. And like what can you do, man, when you got five to six guys trying to block eight to nine? Well well, Keesaw also said in the offseason that they do want to feature tank more and, and really get to what their identity is downhill. But what happened last year, Mike G, and, and Harson even said it in, in post game press conferences is you don't want to get behind schedule and get down early to where you right. have to abandon the run just to catch up. Well, the so. way to do that is to not be, <laughs> I'm not going to curse. It's Wednesday. I'm not gonna you curse. will. The, the you way... will. <laughs> you will. It's just a matter of time. The Go way ahead. to do that Give is to time. not be obvious. Mm. I mean, how many times did we just run some basic run play and then we get stuck in too many obvious passing downs where they just tee off, tee off on us. You have to be able to both run and throw on first down. Yeah. Throw for five yards. And then from second and five, your whole playbook is open. Mm-hmm. You can run anything from second and five. It's just a matter of picking the right play and, and, and whether you could, the guessing it, that's the chess match that happens between a defensive coordinator. When it's third and 16, there's no chess match. <laughs> right. There's no chess match. It's, it's play them deep. And watch for the screen. (laughs) Watch for them to be tricky and try to while you're sitting back and try to play a draw, which involves what keeping somebody in the spy just to make sure you're not being tricky and dropping everybody back out in coverage and keeping the ball in front of you. We got caught in so many of those positions last year, and as a result, Tank didn't get the ball as much as he should have. Yeah, Tanks. I think and the, the, the disappointing thing for sure was the times when he should have gotten the ball, he was being effective, and they South, still didn't go to South, it. Right. South Carolina stands right. out. Yeah, right. For now, sure. I'm I'm not mad that he didn't get so many carries because there were three times. Well, again, Jarquez Hunter won the LSU game for us, and right. also Jarquez Hunter had the the pivotal run against Penn State late. In Don't that say game that to too loud. Down. Backyard bowl won the LSU game. All right, so um, anyway, <laughs> and um, <laughs> the, enti- the entire game-winning drive was Jarquez Hunter. I don't think anybody's going to argue with that. Um, Penn State, Jarquez got us down the field late in that game, and also Georgia State. Tank Bixby fumbled and turned the ball over, and he sat down. And Jarquez Hunter was on the field for the last drive. Now it's not like he had That's a whole bunch. Very good point. It's not like he had a. a I think that was more about Finley throwing because we didn't have that much time. We had to throw the ball, but Jarquez Hunter is productive. So I'm not upset if Tank is not on the field to take the snaps to get. It's it's less about hey Tank is effective, so we have to see him. It's more about the run game is effective. Both of our running backs can be productive today. Sure. Let's not go away from what's working here. Mm. Right. And I think the emergence of, um, you know, a Sean Jackson in that running back room as a short uh, as a short yardage back is going to be helpful as well. Um, Just I mean, man, I I really want to see us. uh, Score be damned. Like, I don't care if we're we're some dazzling, you know, you know, we talked to somebody asked last game, can we put up 40 points? I don't care if we do that. And I said this last year, I don't care how many points we score as long as we're winning football. I would love to see us just be relentless 
and saying, we're going to play big boy football this year and utilize these backs that we have. Right. Yeah. Well, the way to do that is what they did this offseason, which is hashtag get your weight up, get in the weight room, get stronger so that you can play at that level. These guys didn't have it last year. I don't think people understood to what extent when you change from playing the type of football Gus wanted to play to what Harson wanted to play. It's just it caught up with us mm-hmm. at key times, man. God, since 2013, our team has shown just a real inability to be able to shut the door and close the deal. Yeah, right. And it always pops its head up. Now, I listen, the 2013 season was magical. But what you saw was, it, I mean, everybody loves the prayer of Jordan Air, baby. But what you saw was you saw a team that gave up a big lead, stalled on offense, and then got bailed out by the football gods. <laughs> right. That's right. We were up like like yeah. 20 points in that game, and they yeah. came back. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Nick Marshall, <laughs> with people open underneath for the first down, launches the ball way down the field. It was incredibly underthrown. And Trey yeah. Matthews just decided to say, hey, you know what? I'm transferring in a year or two. <laughs> so I'll here, y'all can have this one. Like, come on, man. The Iron Bowl that year, the kick six, I mean, the, the improbable way in which we won some games that season is, is why I will never be fooled by short-term success by Auburn football ever again. That That's is a one. lesson. I, I learned that lesson the hard way that season. Is yeah, I mean, I just won't be fooled by it. Yeah. And that's why I'm or not overreacting. Right, that's mm-hmm. why I'm not overreacting to the short-term failure. I don't even call it failure. It's just building, man. We had a rough yeah. season. Yeah. Right. But this is the way that it usually goes for coaches in their first year. How is it that our fans don't get it? We almost fired Tommy Tuberville right before he went undefeated. <laughs> Yeah. Because we were so impatient. He had some things to figure out. Now, listen, I said it before. I'll say it again. The head coach owns the successes and the failures of his team and his staff. 100%. So just sure. the way we give Tommy Tuberville credit, like, for 2004, you got to give him all the blame for 2003, too. Because yeah. he hired that nightmare of a co-offensive coordinator thing that was Nalsminger. <laughs> and two and oh three. All right. Now, credit to him, he, did, he didn't die on that hill. He was like, all right, bring somebody in here to fix this. Uh-huh. Enter Al Borges, with whom we spoke and have an interview I coming out tomorrow. Plug, plug, plug. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I just think what they decide to do will have a, uh, have, a, have a profound effect on how these guys start and finish on these preseason lists. Because what it really boils down to is you don't see a lot of these guys on here, on these lists, on teams that aren't successful unless they're really super standout players. Yeah, right. Like the best of the best. Alabama's guys make this list sometimes just by default because they just have had so much success. It's hard not to see their guys and think, well, he's from Alabama. I'll just take him. (laughs) That's what it feels like anyway. To me. Because I don't, I don't, I mean, did did Jermaine Burton have the productivity last year to warrant him being on a first team uh, as a wide receiver at Georgia? And I don't think, I don't think any wide receiver has. It's all type just of anticipation. That, well, that's uh, what I'm based saying. On past, yeah, yeah. 
It's it's it, yeah. It's 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 rep. It, a lot of it is based on what they've been able to do with that room as of late. And oh, excuse me, he was second team. Excuse me, second team wide receiver was Jermaine Burton. I'm just like, they're they're he, he's the second best in the well, one of the one of the top four receivers right. in the conference. Right. Yeah, I don't know. But mm-hmm. a lot of that what? is if I can extrapolate what I know in a known quantity in Bryce Young. And you make an assumption about the type of athlete and wide receiver that Burton is, and they put that two and two together and assume super productive. This is the next uh, Jameson Williams. I I, I, I kind of get it. You know what I'm saying? I kind of get it. I just didn't see enough of Burton to know, oh, yeah, he's definitely that dude. Yeah, I mean, if if if, if Young is, is first team, then someone has to be the beneficiary of him being that spectacular. So the yeah. idea is that, those guys are next up, even if they may not pan pan out. So right, yes, yeah. I'm really I'm really hopeful that when the season is over, the development plan that we put in place for our players is going to show up on lists like these. There are going to be some names that you never heard of from all schools, not just Auburn. There are going to be some guys who weren't anywhere near this list sure. that end up on sure. this list. Man, you know, and and that's just sports, right? Uh, I know we're gonna talk about baseball later, but you know, Sonny D was like second team something in whatever conference Sanford is in, right? Yeah, SEC first team player of the year. Come on, man! Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, I just think if if we we're gonna be, you're gonna be surprised. I'm glad that we chose to talk about this tonight because when we look back on these lists, and that's probably something we should do more often. Where did we start? What did the list look like at the beginning of the year? And what does it look like at the end? That'll yeah. tell you everything you need to know about how we're developing players and setting guys up for success in the future. You know what it'll be good to do? Take these individual publications before season stuff and compare it to their postseason. We're talking about their picks for team records, their preseason, who's going to be the best players, and whoever, and then give them grades on that. Mm-hmm. That would yeah. be fun. So... My favorite one to do is going to be the SEC media picks. Mm-hmm. As a matter we of fact, start with that. We we're going to be a part of that. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. We're, we're going to be a part of that. We actually yeah. are going to vote in that this year. Um, so my, 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 my ballot will be unbiased. But uh, when you're looking at it, <laughs> so, so Isaac, no, I, I, what about you, right? What say you, I, say, I ain't making no promises about being biased. So I, I, I am not making that promise. I, uh, I'll but, try. Uh, SEC Media Days is kind of the start of that. We uh, It is July the 18th through the 22nd. Uh, it's in Atlanta at the uh, Omni CNN Center. Myself and Ike Jones will be there live in person. Uh, so we'll begin. We may not be able to broadcast live because of uh, restrictions, but uh, we will be bringing you guys content from SEC Media Days this year. I'm coordinating some things. We're hoping to talk to not just Auburn's coach, but maybe some of the other coaches. Anybody who walks by, we're going to talk to them, talk to them about some stuff. And uh, they pick. And believe it or not, outside of just default picking Alabama every year, they're usually way off. Oh, yeah, for sure. It happens in basketball. Right, well, we were supposed well, we were supposed to be off. the f- well. They're they're off because they they pick one through seven in each division, and that's usually way off. Yeah, way off. they yeah. may get yeah. Bama right, but for two through seven, ugh. we were supposed to be fifth in the SEC, right? At basketball, fifth or sixth, fifth, mm-hmm. fifth. Bama was supposed to be first. We know how that turned out. Yeah. 
<laughs> in, base, in baseball, we were picked to finish last in the West. Mm. Come on, man. We're part of the final mm. eight standing in all of college football. Yeah. Baseball. Baseball. Yeah. That's not last in the SEC West. Yeah. So I, I like talking about these lists because they're great debate. But I would caution everybody that at the end of the year, we have some guys who are going to make these lists. We're going to have some standout freshmen. They're going to make a name for themselves this year. Some of these transfers that have come in that played Juco last year, Ke- Keontae Scott, Marquise Gilbert, Jeffrey Emba, these guys can really come in. Emba, uh, I'm kind of, I'm really hoping he has like a Nick Fairley kind of season. I know that's, I know that's a large phrase, but man, Nick Fairley put us on his back in that 2010 season. And quarterbacks on their backs as well, which is why I love him. Fair enough. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we don't win that Iron Bowl without him. That's right. We need he him. Was he was a one-man wrecking sure. crew. For sure. Uh, Bama headed into score, man. He he got the sack and recovered the fumble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, they were about to score with 20 seconds left in the, sec- in the second uh, quarter. So, if we can have some of those guys pop up, because under... You know, you know, from um, what was it? From about 2003 to 2010, we were having a lot of luck with JUCO players. Yeah, I didn't realize that Fairly was JUCO until like five years ago. I was like, really, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a uh, JUCO. Mm-hmm. Yeah, came in and just had a monster. I mean, just they they were the, the one. Uh, was it Danielson used to compare him to Warren Sapp every broadcast? Right, he's a little Warren Sapp. Like he's, he's as closest to Warren Sapp that I've ever seen. Mark Rick said that too when we played them as well. You are, you now, are now listening, listening to, to 